Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings of a Draft Podcast, the podcast that has the ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined always by the great Stone Hansen and the wonderful Cooper Klein. We're going to do, this is going to be the last scouting pod with Coop for a while. Uh, he's got to go on a little vacation. He's He's earned it. He's earned a break um and uh we we gave him the pick of the litter we were like let's what type of group of guys do you want to do and he responded which one is marcus sasser in so we're here to talk about some guards um upperclassmen guards all these guys are funky all these guys are fun i think we're gonna have some interesting differences of opinion and i'm excited to jump into it but before we get too deep coopstone my friends how you guys doing Uh, i'm doing good i'm completely exhausted uh, i've gotten basically no sleep the past two weeks uh and i've got a long day ahead of me but you know i've been looking forward to talking about these guys um there's a lot of fun even if it's not functional but we'll get to that um yeah and i'm, I'm uh looking forward to just having you know one last discussion with coop for a little bit yeah i'm excited um you know this is my these are my my secret you know, my, my loves small guards. I, I cannot stop myself from uh, cheering for them to succeed and, and just enjoying their play and really wanting the NBA to just get off of its high horse and, and bring in some of these guys. But uh, let's hop right into, you know, my, my favorite player ever, I think is, is a way to put it, you know, or at least in the, the last few draft classes. So uh, this guy's absolutely up there for me too, with one of my favorite players ever, as I feel like I've made clear, uh, Coop has made me a, a Houston Cougars fan, which I was already in on them. I already enjoyed them because Kelvin Sampson is a god in Pullman. Uh, he's recognized as one of the greatest to ever do it. So, of course, I root for them in Houston. And Sasser is someone who, two years ago, I was like, I'd probably draft this guy in the first round after that sophomore season where he averaged 13.7 points on, you know, not great efficiency, but I was still like, this guy, he just rules. There's something about his game that's always stood out to me. I thought he had a huge junior season. He returned to school and Houston had, you know, one of the best seasons they've had since, uh, since what, Hakeem the Dream was there, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They fell a little short, but I, Sasser's super fun. And before we get too into him specifically, I do want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned like NBA get off their high horse. I think these playoffs have really helped solidify for me that having real guards is still important as much as like, we're all about that wing, wing, wing. Yes. I, I I love, I love wings. I love funky wings. I love functional wings, all that stuff. There is value to having guards with interesting and versatile skill sets. And we've seen that play out consistently. Jalen Brunson swung a playoff series with his play. Uh, Derek White had one of the greatest, you know, role player games I've ever seen in that game six in Miami. It's just th- these guys still matter. I mean, Jamal Murray is obviously a different kind of caliber of prospect than these guys are about to talk about, but he's the second best player on probably the favorite to win the championship. And then that's not even to mention guys like Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry. Just these guys matter. There's it's not always the same skill sets. It's you know, they have to find the right fit and they have to, you know, work out in a different way. And obviously we've seen plenty of guards not make it, but I do think there's a lot of value to having 
competent and and interesting versatile guards so let's start with marcus sasser who is someone who i posited very early in the year like he was a preseason top 30 guy for me i don't really do like preseason boards that's not really what i'm about but he's always been a guy who i've been like this is someone who i think has a real shot to be a starting caliber guard in the nba and i thought he uh, back that up this year. He's a September 21st, 2000 birthday. So he's 22 years old. He'll turn 23 before the start of his rookie season. So age is not really on his size, but on his side, excuse me. He is a solid size for like a point guard, 6'2", 195. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned it at the combine or not. I should have checked that, but uh, not right now is not the time. He averaged 16.8 points per game on 43.8, 38.4, 84.8 shooting splits. Also grabbed 2.8 rebounds through 3.1 assists to only 1.6 turnovers and also got 1.6 steals per game. Uh, obviously played in that crazy Houston defense. Um, he had a 59.7% true shooting last season when he at, scored even more points per game. He had a 60% true shooting. So two straight years of really absurd shooting efficiency um, from all over the court. He had a 19.4 assist rate to only a 10.3 turnover rate, 3.2 steal rate, 0.7 block rate. Uh, 26.4 usage. Um, he also dunked six times this year, which I was shocked by when I saw that number. I I didn't see any of his dunks this year, which makes me sad, but um, still impressive stuff, especially because like Houston's not like this most like this absurd fast break team. His six dunks might have all come in transition, um, but like I do think that is at least at least an indicator that he is a solid athlete. He also shot 64.3% on close twos and 40% on far twos. And again, mentioned that 38.4% on threes. He had a 13.93 point rate. So his efficiency from all over the floor is really, really stellar. And that's where I want to start is the shot creation. And this is mostly for himself for now. We'll talk about the playmaking a little bit later. Coop, how does Marcus Sasser get his buckets? Well, any way that you can imagine uh, a sharpshooting small guard is going to get his buckets. That's how Sasser does it. Um, he's one of the best off-the-dribble three-point creators just in the draft. Um, he's really good on sidesteps. He can hit step backs. Uh, he's a good off-ball mover. But then he's really good at leveraging the fact that he can like get into a really packed lane and just throw his body around like a bowling ball and just like ping pong off guys, get right to the rim. And uh, I think his biggest improvement this year from the last few years is the, the finishing around the rim where he really improved his touch. The last few years, that was really his big problem. I mean, on really small sample size last year, he was at like 50%. I think he's up to, uh, you know, 64.3% uh, around the rim this year on a lot more attempts. He was getting in there in like the the double big space paint without a ton of great shooters and Jamal Shedd, who wasn't treated like a shooter all year. And uh, he's not going to make like the correct read as a passer every single time, but he can make a good shot out of nothing, right? He is, uh, I think Kelvin Sampson is quoted as saying, uh, you know, <laughs> we kind of let Marcus Sasser do whatever. Because if it's a Marcus Sasser shot, it doesn't matter where it's from or what it is. It's a good shot. Uh, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. But he his touch is so good at every single level of the floor. He can create from the mid-range. He can create from three. He can create at the rim. And uh, he's so strong and compact. And I think that we've seen that strength, especially in like somebody who can really dribble the ball, 
is is such an advantage for a, a guard at the NBA level and uh, in, in real spacing and, and that kind of stuff. I think that shot creation is just going to, you know, get to a whole nother level and add even more value, especially because he can also play off the ball. He's not like a prolific cutter or anything, but he's an, a solid off ball relocator. Uh, he can nail catch and shoots, just a super talented, you know, scorer uh, with solid size, solid body can do whatever you want him to do really. Yeah, I think the uh, the ease of which he puts shots up is is really telling just how confident he is in a lot of his shots. Um, I mean, in, like he pulls up in transition from three. I don't have the percentage of what that would be, but it feels like it would be pretty high just from watching on tape. Um, I really like his footwork and gathering off the catch as a as a shooter. I feel like he gathers himself really well. Um, as an off-ball shooter and in uh, is able to be pretty efficient in that sort of role, um, <clears throat> and it helps with his relocation shooting, um, being able to move around and then you know quickly uh, get himself squared up and, and put that shot up. Uh, I think it, it makes for a really high-level shooting projection for him. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, the super quick first step off the catch where he just rips through really quickly. Um, benefits him as well because he's now no longer just a shooting threat. He's also a threat to get towards the rim and with the improved finishing that Cooper talked about. Um, I think it makes him, you know, pretty strong just as a scorer, being able to be really efficient in those two areas uh, and leverage them for each other to to make the most out of that and, and keep defenders on their toes. Um, I think he can really get out and transition and push the pace. If there's a fast break, he's going to be. Uh, usually head of the pack and in, in um, finishing with ease. Um, so yeah, I like a lot of the shot making from him. I think that he, um, I feel pretty comfortable projecting him as like a, a really solid off ball scorer. Um, I think that's his ideal role. Though I think that um, there's obviously uh, room for. Uh, him to be for for spurts in my opinion uh, more of an on-ball guy as well one last thing uh that i forgot to mention this will kind of be a through line with these guys but uh marcus sasser has the grift gene um uh, where if you are going to overplay him he is going to try and do rip throughs go like up and over and like force a shot through your arms he's gonna draw fouls he didn't have like a crazy like free throw rate this year Part of that is because he, as a driver, especially really avoided contact. And, and that was what he, I think he did really well stylistically as a driver this year, but he's really good at, at drawing fouls on just absolute bullshit. Yeah. The grip is impressive. I really love that. Like fake rip through move. It reminds me of Sharif Cooper a little bit A 34.7% free throw rate is not absurd, but it's pretty good. I think my favorite part of Sasser's scoring and something that really makes me buy him moving forward is that he is very willing to experiment while staying under control. The way I put it is um, he doesn't predetermine moves, but he also doesn't drive without a playup. Meaning he has this ability to quickly read his surroundings and make moves while without just like flinging himself into guys and getting himself in really bad spots. He's super reactive to the defense, but also he's manipulating them at the same time. I think the handle is really underrated in his game. He wasn't always playing point guard because Jamal Shedd is a beast, um, but like his handle is legit. It's manipulative. 
It's um, good in tight spaces, but he's also able to get it way outside his body, hit these looping moves. Um, and I like how he explodes out of them. We're going to talk with some guys like how I don't love their explosion out of moves. Like my, I don't want to say it's my least favorite thing, but something a lot of guards struggle with is they'll hit a nice move, but every good move is followed by like this hesitation, this big rise. And while there's a place for that at times, I like how Sasser's able to hit moves and keep moving in a, a, a direction towards the rim or quickly stop on a dime and step back. Um, I just think like that stuff is really important and it's, his ability to adapt to different defenses really stood out. And like, you can just kind of go through like his game by game stats. And I think you can kind of see that just looking there, like different types of defenses. He's finding ways to beat Wichita state throughout this, you know, four round one matchup zone. And he beat it. It took him a couple possessions, but eventually he figured it out and he beat it consistently. And that stuff is really, really valuable. I think Um, his, Shot making is super impressive. He can hit pull-ups. He can hit step backs. You mentioned the touch on like floaters and stuff. It's all great. I really loved his at the rim finishing. He didn't, he's not like a super athlete. He's not someone who can like just explode by someone and get all the way to the rim every time, but he is great at leveraging that mid-range pull-up, that floater to kind of keep defenders on their toes, force them to step up on him and then beat that secondary defender he mixed in a lot of like really weird, like Euro and hop steps. He kind of looked like he was, you know, that one guy on TikTok who's uh, like, is this a travel? And it looks like he takes like 37 steps. And it's like, actually it's not a travel because the gather happens here and this and that. And it looks like Sasser watched that guy and was like, Bet. like I can do that. And it works pretty consistently. Like I, I don't, I honestly didn't go through them like close up to see if they were travels, if he'd get away with them in the NBA or not. But I think again, like that willingness to experiment, that understanding of his body is really, really impressive. And even though he's not the most flexible or the most athletic, he still managed to get to the rim a good amount. He still managed to get two feet in the paint. He managed to create space for step backs and, and, and shots up the dribble. So that's something I buy translating at the NBA level. Is he going to be like an all-star shot creator? Probably not, but his his ability to experiment to run pick and roll to you know his his closeout attacking is fucking phenomenal um again it's I, I tweeted about this it's not like the classic like oh you're closing out i'm just gonna rip right by you and get to the rim and i do sometimes wish he was a little more willing to bomb off the catch but like his leveraging of that pivot foot off the catch his his you know mixing up where he puts the first dribble what moves he's hitting after it he spins dudes around. Like if, if they're sped up and he can hit a hard cross and a step back, like they are facing the baseline with their ass to the ball. And that stuff is really, really impressive to me. Um, we don't talk too much about the off ball movement. I, I second what Coop said, where he's not like a super cutter, probably because he knows like he's not going to finish a lot of cuts because he's kind of smaller and, and not super athletic. But I do think like his, his movement off the ball is legit. That's something like, that's consistent with all Houston guys is they're all good off ball movers. They all have good feel for where to space around the perimeter. That's the type of thing that really matters because as we mentioned, he's probably not like an all-star shot creator, but if you wanted to be a starter, that means he's going to have to be able to play off the ball and he can do that. He can relocate. He can do that type of stuff. I want to talk about his playmaking a little bit and, and, and whether or not he can really feel like a point guard role at the next level. Stone, how'd you feel about his, his playmaking for others? Um, 
I didn't love it, to be honest. Um, with all the handle talk, and I, I pretty much agree with everything, uh, I, I feel like he doesn't use the handle great in order to get passing windows out of those dribble moves. It feels like a lot of times there's opportunity to maybe use that handle as more of a playmaker than he currently does. Um, I think that uh, he's such a, like, I don't want to say prolific because that makes him sound like elite, but I think like a good, such a good scorer that there's opportun- more opportunity to be had that he just didn't leverage and utilize as a playmaker. Um, and uh, I, I just don't really think that's his role. Like, I think that primarily he's more of a scorer. I think the way to view Saster is as an off-ball guard is, is the way I look at him. And I think that that's what he's best at and, and he plays to his strength. So I can't knock him a bunch for that. It's just not something that's really in his repertoire, in my opinion, as like potentially being uh, a full-time playmaker for spurts or anything. Like I think uh, Sasser is best looking for his own shot. I think that the passes are fine, but he's not really creating a lot for others. In my opinion, he's not a bad passer by any means. I just don't think he's much of a playmaker for his teammates. Uh, and that's fine because he's, he's best at scoring. So that's the way I view him. And I think that that's uh, the optimal way of, of how to use Marcus Sasser and his strengths. The thing is for, for like that role of like off ball shooter and score, I think he's like a really like a good playmaker for that role. Right. But if you view him through the lens of like traditional point guard, it's like, yeah, he can hit like funky interior passes, but he doesn't make kickouts unless he's like completely smothered. Right. Like he doesn't like consistently make super crazy pick and roll reads and stuff. He's not Jamal shed with incredible, you know, reads of the defense and that kind of stuff, but he can make obvious passes. If he gets doubled, you can expect him to make the right read. His delivery is good. Um, he just does the right thing like more often than not, especially because I mean, especially for, for Houston, he like, he was the best scorer, right? He was the most efficient guy on the team. He was, you know, the leader, you know, the best scorer, and and that's what he was tasked with doing. Uh, and, and I think, in the NBA, they're like, I think there's some room to really like leverage that that scoring, like Stone's talking about, and, and turn him into like, oh, maybe he can like back up point guard sometimes or run like a second side pick and roll. But currently, for what he is, I think he's like he's he's a good, fine playmaker. Nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. But I don't think he has to be. Um. All right, let's talk. Uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say quickly on the playmaking. I think his uh, passing is really underrated. It's not like super high level, but he's manipulative again. Like his his lookoffs are really impressive. His um his feel for you know that where that second side of help is coming in. He's definitely a score first player, but I actually think like he can make some pretty high level reads when he is asked to. And his ability to keep the ball moving really pops for me. I love that he can get off the ball, relocate, get a shot or, or, you know, keep the offense moving. Um, again, like he's not someone I would want to be like my, my super high usage point guard. I don't think like as a pure playmaker, but I think he could absolutely be like the best playmaker on a backup unit. And I also think that should he find his way into a starting lineup, he's the type of guy who can really like alleviate the load as a second side attacker who is making good reads out of that like like that turnover rate being so low matters and it's not just because he's not ambitious that he just has an impressive 
assist to turnover ratio and his feel for how to make plays out of that, I think is, is really solid. Um, he's someone who profiles to me, like legitimately, like I said, like a starting guard, depending on the team. Now I hate to say, like, I kind of got tired of that. Oh, next to a jumbo creator. Like I, that had its fun while it was in, you know, the limelight, but it's not, that's not always the case, but also like it, it's not, a constant thing for your point guard to be your best offensive player anymore. It's good for them to be able to play off the ball, be able to play with other stars. And I think Sasser can absolutely do that. Um, he's proven he can do that consistently. So let's talk quickly about the defense. Then we kind of wrap up where we have him. Coop, how'd you feel about his defense? Game? So the defense is, uh, is interesting. I think for like a team like UH that played on like such a string defensively, he was like, not always locked in. Um, and he over gambled a lot right like he every single time that a pass went into like maybe i can get this territory he is shooting the passing lane he is bothering defenders i think he's all right at the point of attack and he's not going to get like murdered he's like really tough he's really strong he can guard up a little bit uh like he gave brandon miller fits in the alabama game because he's stronger can get into the handle of guys uh almost eric gordon-esque in that way, like small, but is strong enough and long enough to where he's going to bother bigger players, even if he's not consistently locking up and, and that kind of thing. But the off ball is um, not my favorite. You could tell he has really good instincts and he shoots passing lanes a lot. I, I think the block rate is like not awful. Um, it's at like 0.7 for a 6'2 guy, you know, not, not good compared to the next guy we'll talk about, but he's, you know, he's got the instincts to be an NBA playoff level defender and not get your team completely cooked. Uh, I just think he's slightly overrated by the Houston system and that steel number, but he is really good in his own way. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have too much to add. Um, I think that uh, he is pretty much just what Cooper said as a solid point of attack guy who has issues off ball way over gambles. Um, I, I'd like to know like what, how much of that is Houston, how much of it is him because at 22, that's a bit more of a harder habit to break than someone that's, you know, 19 or something. Um, <clears throat> but it might be just something that, you know, was somewhat asked of him uh, where if you see an opportunity, go for it and we'll try and get in transition. Hard to say. Um, but I think that, um, he yeah it projects as an, a decent point of attack defender and that's probably his best area to be had i thought off ball he just wasn't that good um i thought he's a little slow rotationally um isn't that eventful creative creation wise um isn't going to really uh be like he, he wasn't like julian strother levels of bad um, or Nikola Jurisic levels of bad, but he's also um, definitely just like a step behind in a lot of areas. And I think that uh, the more you could play him at the point of attack, the more it mitigates those concerns. I actually liked his help defense more than you, I think, Stone. It's the thing is like, like in Houston's system, you have to like way pre-rotate and that sometimes can make uh, like his closeouts look worse because in their hard hedge, like he's getting all the way over to the opposite block 
like with his guy in the corner, but I think he executes like those kind of X outs pretty well. I, I think he's a really strong nail guy with good hands. Um, he's just a little undersized to be like a real factor in help, but I, I could definitely see him being a plus help defender as a guard. Um, and I'm with you guys with the point of attack, Like he's not a lockdown guy, but he's strong. He's pretty quick. I, I think his screen nav is really good. Not as good as um, someone we're going to talk about a little later, but uh, I think his screen nav is pretty good and he just executes scheme. Well, like his understanding of, of stuff on that end is good, which is, I mean, important because he's already 23, but that just kind of takes me to where we have Sasser and I might seem unreasonably high on him. And I, 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 I'm completely willing to hear like dissenting opinions, but I currently have Sasser at 18 on my board in my mid first bets. Um, I think he's someone who has a solid chance of starting in the league. Um, I, I think his, his value as a point guard is uh, really underrated. Uh, he can just do a lot of things really well. He's just a player that everything really clicks for me. I think he can shot create, but I also think he can play off the ball. I think he can run some pick and roll, but I think he can also be a truly elite second side attacker. He's already proven he can just set up things well. He competes defensively with some solid upside there. Um, the age worries me a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty all in on Sasser. Um, Stone, where are you at with him? Um, I currently have him at exactly 30 on my board, which with everyone pulling out um, still makes him like an early second rounder for me. Um, I'd take him in the early second. I'm, I'm again, not huge on his defense, though. I think he can be adequate at the point of attack. Don't think he's great as a playmaker. Um, but the scoring I think can be really solid as an off ball guy. Um, he's more, he's more someone I definitely like would take with the first or, you know, within the first five picks of the second round. Um, that's, that's more where I view him. Yeah. I have Sasser at 19, uh, at the very top of my first round grade guys um i think well like bryce said the age is a little bit like uh you know he's like 22 23 but he's still like getting better at things i think he's consistently improved on his biggest weaknesses uh as he's like grown and and uh you know played more through college uh, i he's just talented and he does stuff at an nba level and he does stuff that kind of gets overthought I think by especially NBA teams um, and, and I think he's going to get kind of discounted because of the age, maybe the injury stuff, but I think he's just kind of obviously a first rounder and somebody who's going to come into the league, kick ass, play off of guys, play on the ball, create good efficient shots. I think he can fit in a bunch of different kinds of offenses, play in a couple different kinds of defenses without being an absolute bum like that's a valuable player and it's not difficult to see his fit on all 30 teams, at least as like a top seven rotation guy. And that's a super valuable guy to get, you know, at, at the, the end of the teens, beginning of the twenties. Um, Yeah. He's just someone who I think is going to help win games. And those are the players that the, the older I've got, the more I've just started to think like there's nothing more valuable than that. Um, Occasionally, you know, take an upside swing, but yeah. Anyways, let's move on to someone who has sort of been like a, a late riser, uh, played at Portsmouth, this Portsmouth Invitational, which I did not watch those games. I generally um, don't don't value those types of put together combines like that. It's just not 
a context that I think really is conducive for great scouting and a lot of, for a lot of reasons. But Craig Porter Jr. does have a fascinating statistical profile. And he's a guy who I've been really excited to talk about because I'm struggling to figure out where I want to rank him because I think the upside and downside swings are both hard to get a handle on. And I I, I think he's just absolutely fascinating. So Craig Porter Jr. listed at 6'2", 178. Again, he measured at, at Portsmouth, but I don't have those in front of me. That seems about right. He could be you know, maybe like six one and sh- without shoes or something like that. Uh, he is a February 26, 2000 birthday. So he's already 23. He'll turn 24 at the end of his rookie, or I guess right in the middle, close to the end of his rookie season. It'll technically be his age 24 season. Um, he started his career at Vincennes, Vincennes, which is, I believe, a Juco. Um, he then transferred to Wichita State. I think he had an injury redshirt. Maybe it was just a normal redshirt. Only played in 19 games his first year. Last year took a took a big step up and roll, started in 24, 25 games, uh, you know, averaged about seven and a half points, but struggled some with efficiency. And then this season took a huge jump and roll, played 33.5 minutes per game, and started in 30 of 31 games. He averaged 13.6 points per game on 47.8, 36.3, 68.5 shooting splits. Um, also grabbed 6.2 rebounds, 4.9 assists. 1.5 steals, 1.5 blocks, and um, 2.6 turnovers. Uh, just to give those block and steal rates first, 5% block rate as a 6'3 guy playing point guard. This is not a 6'3 small forward or power forward. No, he was the point guard. And we're going to talk about just how weird his defensive role was in a minute. Um, also had a 2.6 steal rate, a 29.9% assist rate to only a 17.3% turnover rate on 22.7 usage. Um, again, 55.5% true shooting is pretty good. Uh, 11.2% total rebound percentage is also pretty good. Um, I want to start with the with the defensive role and, and the defensive um, weirdness. Um, when I was tweeting about Craig Porter Jr., I had a couple people ask me, um, you know, like who are his defensive contemporaries in terms of small shot blocking guards? And obviously everyone points to Derek White. And I'm not one for comparisons. I find them kind of lame. Um, and I, I don't just want to compare this guy, this 24 year old to someone who just had a, you know, a, like truly special playoff series, right? Like Derek White in that Easter Conference Finals, one of the best role player series I've ever seen. But it's hard not to see some like baseline similarities, right? Derek White also entered the league pretty old. I believe he was 24 when he entered the league, 23 or 24. He played at a small D2 college for three years before transferring to Colorado. Um, now, it was great at Colorado. His block rate was not quite to the same extent, but it was a 4.9% at Colorado. So, again, pretty insane stuff. Um and so I asked Coop to do like a Bart query for me, like who are high major guys who, you know, played like good minutes and had it an above 4% block rate. The only other guy aside from Derek White to come up in that is Gary Payton the second. So Craig Porter Jr.'s rim protection contemporaries are two of the best rim protection guards of all time. Gary Payton the second and Derek White. So I do want to get that off the bat and, and, I was as I was watching through his tapes, I think I was very trying to be very cognizant of was what role is he playing defensively and how real are the blocks? 
And I came away with they're very real and his role is very translatable. Um, he was not just like the low man. That's rarely what he was doing. He guarded a lot at the point of attack. He was the nail guy. He was on the perimeter. His timing, his comfortability crashing down into the lane, it's all it's all really insane. And then not to mention that he has incredible vertical leaping skills, absurd hang time. He is a very legit help defender. Um, I think a lot of his uh, a lot of his steals came from you know playing at the nail, getting in passing lanes. He just he's a he's a really insane off-ball defender for a guard. And I think that shows up a lot in the block numbers. Coop, how'd you feel about his 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 shot blocking, rim protection, and overall off-ball defense? Yeah, I think the big thing I came away with when watching Craig Porter Jr. is we've talked about it a lot with like the elite shot blockers, or at least you know, I've I've brought it up multiple times, but I think Porter Jr. is just insanely good at tracking guy multiple guys at once. Um, he's really aware of where his man is at all times while also knowing where the ball is. And I think that the most special defenders carry that trait. And I think that's the case with Craig Porter Jr. Like, I think he just always knows where he can recover quick enough to his man, but also um, be effective as a help man. And I think that that goes a long way. Um, he digs really hard at the nail. Uh, I think a lot of his strips come from just stripping guys at right when they're uh, picking the ball up to to go in for a drive. I think he's really good at that. Uh, he loves poking guys from behind, too. Um, if guys get past him uh, and he's the off-ball guy, uh, he'll help right after they get past him and they're not expecting it, and he'll, he'll poke the ball away on, those, on their way to the rim. Um, so, yeah, I think like everything about the off-ball defense is real. Uh, I really buy it. I think he's a really awesome off-ball defender, and um, it shows up in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think um, you mentioned that special trait of always knowing what the ball is. I think it's communication pops too. Like he's clearly uh, reading the game at a high level and, and trying to get his teammates in good spots. Um, he did not play with particularly good bigs around him. Kenny Poto is very ground bound, could not really get up to block shots. So he was forced to be that guy. Um, and I thought he he did that admirably. Um, for me, like I, I will play a little bit of devil's advocate. I, I do think the closeouts were really soft and that kind of bothered me. Like too many times he's letting shooters get shots off and he can get sucked in. But I also think that some of that is he's trying to do everything and you just can't like the defenders around him were pretty lost and, and him trying to do everything I think kind of killed him at times. But um, yeah, I, I think the potential defensively is really like like I don't it's hard to say like Derek White potential because he's insane but like you can see that type of help he is smaller than Derek White to be sure Derek White's 6'4 Craig Porter Jr. is probably 6'1 6'2 um I don't know the wingspans and stuff he's he's skinnier too like I so I'm not trying to just compare them but I do think in terms of like special skills in this class his overall defensive awareness his help defense um, his ability to block shots, get passing lanes is up there, like into the top 10 range in terms of just like special individual skills. Um, let's let's just while we're on defense, let's just wrap it up with some on ball stuff. 
I thought he was fine. I don't think he's like a lockdown guy at the point of attack, and the skinniness obviously hurts him some in isolation. But I thought his screen nav was pretty good. Coop mentioned the hips are really good. I think he does sometimes um, like over gamble a little bit. Stone, you mentioned like that poking from behind. Um, while it does work for him a good amount, that stuff also drives me absolutely nuts. Like, just don't get blown by if you're if you're gonna try and get a steal there. Like, just don't get blown by. Um, but I I think that for the most part he's good on the ball. If not like he's not like that truly like elite all around defender because I don't think he's a true stopper on the ball, but I do think that he can be solid. He can even be probably above average on certain guards though. And we should talk about this with Sasser too. There is a lessening number of like high level pick and roll guards who you want to guard with other guards in the league. So maybe that does make that particular skill set a little less valuable, but I do think there's something there. Do you guys have anything else on the on-ball defense or do you guys want to move on to the offense? Um, the only other thing I'll add is he overbites a lot on pump fakes. He's like super jumpy um, and guys get by him really quickly because of it. Uh, I agree with the closeouts with Sasser. I forgot to mention he closes out like way too hard and aggressive. Porter's the opposite. And the other thing is uh, I just don't think that because of his size, the wingspan isn't like absurd to me and he's like maybe six one. Um, so the, the size matters when he's closing out because it's just not effective enough to alter shots a lot of the times even if he gets there on time i think guys can just shoot over him and it doesn't really affect their shot a whole lot all right let's move on to the offense because uh as good as the defense is the amount of defense first guards in the league is pretty limited so he's gonna have to be some sort of offensive threat the place i want to start is kind of with his slashing and overall scoring I think he is a really, really good finisher. Um, he shot um, 60.7% from on close twos. That feels about right to me. The free throw rate is fairly low, 27.5%. That does worry me. Um, but I think some of that is team context. And I also think that some of it is that, like, the handle is weird. So he is someone who clearly has some moves. Um, it's pretty manipulative, pretty reactive. And I really like his like push dribbles. I think he's great at splitting traps, splitting double teams and hedges, trying to get himself downhill. But I don't think that he is, um, particularly great at dribbling in like tight spaces without just like pushing the ball way outside his body. Um, he can kind of be a little tight and upright at times. He's super, super explosive near the rim. Like Absolutely one of the best, most fun guard finishers in this class. I'm surprised he only had eight dunks on the year. A lot of that's probably that um, Wichita State played very slow. But he is super springy near the rim, off one or off two. He can absolutely get up for some huge dunks, some dope reverses. Um, I think he's pretty good at like leveraging his body to create driving angles or, or finishing angles as well. Um, but I do think that I, I have some worries with the overall handle. And I don't think that explosion near the rim translates super well out to, um, out, out to like his burst off the dribble. He doesn't explode out of moves super well. Again, when he does have that push dribble and he can kind of load up a little bit, it, it, it looks really good or like just attacking a closeout. It's solid, but I don't think it, either of those skills are, you know, like, I don't, I don't think he's like uber explosive, all around the court, like some of the top end guard athletes. Coop, are you with me or, or just in general, how'd you feel about his kind of overall scoring package? 
like he's not like this super dominant, especially with like the handle. I th- I think he relies on like he's he's really crafty. He uses screens really well, maybe better than anybody we'll talk about here. Like he's he's really good at knowing when to deny the screen, when to use it. Um, he's really good at, at like faking guys out with moves uh, that don't nec- aren't necessarily handle right. Like he's got great footwork on the inside that kind of makes up for the fact that he's not super explosive. Uh, he has not like a, a super deep bag of finishes, but he's got a couple different ones where he can like go up and around uh, where, you know, he's got a nice little floater. He's, he handles contact well, even though he doesn't take it very often. Right. Which is a part of the reason why that free throw rate is so low. Um, I do worry because he doesn't, get to the line like how much can you rely on craft without drawing a ton of free throws right um especially because like there are the flashes with the handle are nice like you were talking about splitting the defense he's got some moves but he's not super dominant um and it's not like they played a murderer's row of teams and you know like elite defenses um so it's there's there's worries there but i i think that I'm going to just bet on the craft with him and like the general feel for the game translating with better players around him. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I, I didn't love the handle, but to me, and I, I don't want to call it, I, I'm starting to get away from saying micro skills because they're just skills to me. Like they, they just matter. So I think something that I, I noticed that Coop pointed out, but I think it's like, maybe the best in the class is how how well he uses screens like exceptionally well um where i think a majority of his open shots are just because he uses screens so well um whether it's uh misdirecting which he loves to do he loves misdirecting what a guy into the screen going the opposite way pulling up or or getting to the rim because of it um or uh, spinning around, like all any sort of ways that you can use a screen, Porter Jr. does it, and I think he does it really, really well, and that leads to a majority of his open shots. Um, I think that uh, the handle is okay, but it's not good enough for me to project as like a really reliable thing in the NBA. Um, I think the finishing is good. Um, I actually thought, you mentioned the low foul rate, when I watched him, I thought there was a lot of things that weren't called that should have been fouls when he's getting to the rim. Maybe that changes in the NBA, and he does get those calls. Uh, the touch is very, like, mid to me, just like, okay. Uh, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. Um, I think that uh, he, he has moves. Like, I mentioned the misdirection, um, but he – probably 80% of the time is doing it from right to left directions instead of mixing it up a lot more, which I think he could. Um, So there's little ways to improve how he can use the screens despite already being really, really great at it. Um, But I think how he succeeds as a scorer is going to be majorly predicated upon uh, the screens that he gets. I think that... um, He's not good enough to just get his shot whenever he wants, in my opinion, as a ball handler and as a scorer. I th- I think um he's contests definitely bother him when it's like super long guys, uh, or when he's a ball handler. So I think and that's something I didn't mention with Sasser either. Uh both these guys have 
issues I think with with longer defenders guarding them as ball handlers. Um, but when when Craig Porter Jr. can get a good screen, I think he's going to be effective as a scorer. Yeah, I I think he's definitely more of like a second side attacker again. Like even on like backup units, I'm not sure he's someone who can run a ton of pick and roll, and that those will kind of transition to playmaking. Um, I I just he can definitely score for himself and like that assist turnover rate does really pop like he is a really good decision maker and he throws some nice passes don't get me wrong especially against hard hedges like he got really good at beating hard hedges throughout the season i thought i saw this a ton in the houston game houston hard hedges a ton he splits that a lot when he can't split it he's good at, at making the right read with over the top passes um but i don't think he is like super crafty and the handle like again in tight spaces is not great he picks up a lot he picks up the ball way too early sometimes and that's everything you can get away with at times in the league but it, it's not something you want from your like high volume pick and roll playmaker um i do think the shot is good though now the numbers are not insane as we discussed like 36.3 percent from three not great 68.5 percent from the free throw line also not great now the three-pointer is good but he did shoot 44.8% on 116 long twos. A lot of his threes were pull-ups. I think he can like shoot better than, than those numbers might suggest because he's so comfortable hunting those shots from, you know, off the dribble that I don't think it's, it would take like a ton to get him to a point where he is com- more comfortable off the catch. He's not even like, like, His career free throw shooting is not great, but we've seen like good shooters have like questionable to bad free throw shooting before. Um, I I don't think the touch is absurd, but I think his cadence, his comfortability, like coming off of like hang dribbles and stuff. He really loves that drop pull where he hard crosses left to right, plants that right foot like he's going to set up an attack and instead just brings the left foot in as the ball comes up. Like, it's a really smooth motion. It looks really good. Um, So I think that's a big boost to his game, is that I think he can shoot. So he can maybe fill that, like, 3 and D, you know, type of point guard role. Coop, Coop, do you have any other kind of offensive thoughts on on Craig Porter Jr. before we wrap him up? Dude, I mean, the the flashes of, like, (laughs) three-point self-shot creation are fucking nuts. Right. Like, I don't think that he's like going to be like full time, step back, self creator, uh, but he can do it. And I, I think that he, the thing that really stood out is that he has a really good read of like, he's really good at reacting to what defenses and defenders give him. Right. I said, like, and that comes with the shot. He's really quick at just like, oh, the defender's going to overplay the drive, pulling that back, easy step back. Uh, you know, the percentages aren't great, but, uh, and like he's just really quick, and, and and I really buy him as an offensive player. I, I like you. I, I don't think he's like a full primary inability to, to draw contact. I think a lot of the assists are like, like there's really nice delivery moments. He's not really leveraging himself as a scorer and driver to create opportunities for others. Uh, but I think he can make the right play more often than not. And uh, you know, I, I, I his offensive package is is really solid. I was a lot lower in the playmaking aspect of it. Um, I, I thought, like Bryce is saying, he's a bit uncreative in my opinion. Has um, some 
really issues as a transition passer, which I thought was weird, like not something you see very often. There's flashes of really good passing in transition where he threads the needle, but there's a lot of times where he's just like the accuracy is way off. It's like way too far push ahead guys, uh, pushing guys too far ahead. Um, or the accuracy is just way off in terms of being left and right. Uh, I thought that transition passing was a really like bad area for him. Um, in the half court, I thought he's okay. Um, not really a guy that I trust running a lot of pick and roll or anything. Um, I think he's, he's just not a guard that is much of a passer, which is kind of, kind of hard to figure out, uh, offensively because, um, he's also not much of like a easily translatable guy like Marcus Sasser is an off ball scorer. So it leaves room to question for me in terms of, you know, how he really finds a role to succeed offensively. Um, so for, to wrap up for that reason, like he's in my, uh, priority two way type area. Um, I have him currently at 46, um, that he probably was at like 58, um, last night before everybody pulled out. Uh, but he is someone I definitely would prioritize with it, with a two way contract. I just, I'm not sure I would, I'm not fully sure I would draft him. I would probably end up taking him as in my, uh, my summer league G league dudes or would take in the second round. Uh, I have him right below Slauson and uh, right above Derek lively. I think there's a lot of funk there. I really buy him defensively. I think he just does a lot and he's really high feel and there's a, so much craft there that I don't think he was properly able to show on that garbage ass Wichita state team. And I, I, he's the kind of guy who comes in and and like you were talking about, he can provide immediate value as an off ball defender. He hustles on like the boards. He hustles everywhere. He brings so much energy to the game. Uh, and I, you know, he has his flaws. I, I, he's, he's no Marcus Sasser, but he just does so many things well that are so rare for uh you know, a guard of his size that uh, I have him at 31 currently. So I might come across as crazy. Um, but I think I'm going to have Craig Porter Jr. in my first round. Um, the back end of it, right above F.A. Boogity, right below, like, Ricky Council. Um, I just, I, I think I just want to bet on a special skill. I know the one thing that's really holding me back is age. Like, if he would have had this season last year and he was just a year younger, I'd be more comfortable with it. He will be 24 at some point in his rookie season, and that does worry me. So maybe second round is better. He's kind of fringe. Like, he's either going to be, like, the top of my second round or the back of my first round. But either way, like, what I'm saying is, like, take a bet on a special skill and see if you can figure the rest out. Because it's not like the rest of his game is a mess, and he's only a, you know, like, only a shot blocking guard like he's a great all-around defender off the ball it's not just like low man help stuff everywhere he's great he was the captain of that Wichita State team that had no other guys who could really make plays or consistently space the floor um I think his slashing could look a lot better in NBA spacing because like he is pretty athletic once he once he he doesn't have like a super long load, his first step just isn't great. But like once he can get to the rim, he's 
he's stupid athletic. Like, I think he could be a great finisher, even for a small guard. I'm just going to bet on, like, I, I think there's enough skills there surrounding his special, special skill, which is that help defense, which I will, I mean, help defense is like my thing. Like, that's like my number one playmaking havoc creation, like combined with like really sound rotations and really high level feel on that end. Just something I want to bet on. So I haven't fully decided if I'm going to have him in my tier six late first or the top of my tier seven second round guarantees, but he's going to be in one of those categories. And if he doesn't work out because he's too old and the shot's not really there, fine. But I, I want to take a bet on that type of skill. Let's move on to someone who, you know, has gotten a lot of love by from certain people. Um, and I just like, just not there really. And I don't want to try and like, hate on this guy or anything we'll, we'll talk about him with as much depth as we can but uh that's marquise noel um noel is of course most famous for um his truly insane march madness run he had a really crazy end to that season um including scoring 30 points in their final game of the year 30 points and i believe like 12 assists or something like that against fau in their final game of the year um he's a december 25th he's a christmas day birthday that sucks for him uh 1999 birthday he's 23 years old he'll turn 24 early on into his rookie season he's from jersey city new jersey but of course he calls new york home um he's listed at 5'8 155 he measured at the julie combine i believe he came in at 5'8 like five, he was like five five six and a half i think without shoes like, without shoes yeah so yeah he's like five seven five five seven five eight somewhere in there uh, but, it, you know, despite that, he had a great college season. He averaged 17.6 points per game on 38.6, 35.5, 88 88.9 shooting splits. Also got 3.5 rebounds. 8.3 assists is probably the most impressive part of his statistical profile. Uh, 2.6 steals is also pretty fun. Um, and uh, 0.06 blocks. Um, he had a 3.4 steal rate, a 42.9 assist rate to an 18.9 turnover rate. 26.2 usage, 56% true shooting, truly remarkable, like, assist rate. Like, so one of the all-time better numbers I've seen. Um, shot 48% on close twos, 33.7% on, on far twos, uh, did have a 10.6 three-point rate. Um, I, where I want to start with this is pick-and-roll craft, and... That's obviously his best skill, right? It's pure like pick and roll. Um, he he's you know that that's what he excels at. That's where most of his assists come from. Uh, Stone, how'd you feel about him as a pick and roll ball handler? I think he's an awesome pick and roll ball handler who can't display his awesomeness consistently because of how small he is. Um, I think that uh, he has a lot of issues accessing accessing different points of entry as a passer that is due to the limitations of his size i think um he sees a lot of things really well i really love his touch on passes and the accuracy on passes um i think he's an awesome lob passer uh i think he's an awesome pocket passer uh, i think those two traits really really carry over uh, i think that there's a lot of room for that to be mitigated in the NBA because of length and how it affects his access to those passes. Um, I think I, I don't have his wingspan in front of me. I, I think he had like a plus four, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, 
which with his size is just still not enough. Um, and I think it, it really limits, you know, it, it sucks because I think he's, that's a, a huge part of his game and he's great at it. I just think he's going to have a lot of issues in the NBA um, showing that because of, um, you know, how, how much uh, length can mitigate it. Yeah. He, uh, he measured at like five, seven, so like five, eight in shoes with a six foot wingspan, uh, which is tiny. I, I feel really bad because I don't want to just like beat the dead horse with Noel, but it's so key to the evaluation. Uh, I, th- I think he's really good at beating hedges. His handle is so solid and he's so low to the ground and he's like pretty quick. He can just get around hedges, force his way through. Um, he pushes pace well. And in transition, he can really like make any kind of pass in the book. The problem is that because he's so small, he has to create so much space and he can, but there's so many like routine passes of his that get disrupted because his defender is like six, two with like not a crazy wingspan and is like still smothering him. Uh, Like his touch is really good. He has like the one play that really stands out that like, displays that it's like he gets to the middle of the floor it's like there's like four guys there and there's like half a second left and he just flicks the ball up like he's a like throwing a bean bag in like the the bean toss game and it just goes right in um he's just so crafty and so quick and it is like i i you want to bet on it because it's it's so obvious but he uh he's just so small and so easily smothered that like, especially with the NBA's obsession with length at the point guard spot these days, I just don't know how he survives against, you know, six, 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 five point guards uh, consistently. Yeah. So like, obviously the size matters, but I do want to save some of that for later because I, I actually think like, like a five foot, you know, nine guard can make it in the league. They have to be really good, but I don't think it's like an absurd thing to say, like, like there's a world where that type of player can survive. The issue with Noel specifically is that while the craft is good, it doesn't combine enough with like athleticism to make up for that craft issue or or, or make, uh, make up for the size issue. Um, he He can't really get to the paint at all. And it's not just because, like, he's a bad finisher and he's afraid of getting there. Like, he just is not someone who has the jets to really blow by guys. Um, the handle's good. It's it's very manipulative. It's tight. It's on a string, all that stuff. But it's not, like, it, 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 he he's not able to explode out of it fast enough to just completely dust guys very often. He's very reliant on the threat of his pull-up jumper forcing teams to, you know, step up really high and that, you know, kind of going from there, I I, I suppose is how I would put that. Like he he's forcing teams to step up really high and then leveraging that jumper to find bigs, to find shooters. I think he's a really good interior passer. I actually don't love like his skip passing a ton and that's probably to do with his height just generally like i i think that's a that's an issue there is that because he's so small he can't really see over the defense in an adequate way to um to really uh, uh um, um 
I'm blanking on my words right now. He can't see over the defense enough to really access those skip passes. Um, so I, I think that's a big worry for me is just that um, the size obviously is an issue and the size matters, but I don't think it's all the size. I think he does lack that really high level offensive talent to the extent that I, I tweeted this in our, in our chat. Like I think even if he was like six, one, six, two, he's still not really a guy for me because the athleticism is not there. And I don't think he's so crafty, such a great passer that it, it covers for that. Uh, obviously the passing is great, but also some of that is a function of role. He was told like, Hey, you can do everything if you want to, like you can, that, that was his role. And a lot of his assists are somewhat schemed and, and that type of stuff. So I do think all that matters when talking about his um, evaluation. Uh, Stone of this to you, how did you feel about him as like a shot creator for himself, whether that be in the pick and roll or out of the pick and roll? Uh, Yeah. I mean, most of the shot creation is just coming from beyond the arc for himself uh he is very you you briefly mentioned it but like uh you, you said you know how he might not be able to get there because of burst out of his handle which i do really think the handle is great but um the burst out of it i agree is not exceptional even if he could get there like routinely i don't think he would because he's so scared of contact at the rim and finishing at the rim. And it really comes into play. Um, He is whenever there's any sort of contest at the rim or anything, he just cannot finish through it. Um, He can't finish around it. The touch isn't like elite elite that um, he can just throw something up and and put it off the glass and get it in. Um, There's a lot of the, the size. Like, again, I don't want to, just water everything down to him as a prospect um, because of size, but it does affect him in so many different ways. And I think that, um, you know, obviously he's a good basketball player in his own right. He's playing D one ball and is really good at it. But um, in terms of NBA translatability, if you cannot finish at all and almost all your offense is being derived upon whether you can hit, you know, three-point shots from eight feet beyond the arc um i think it's really tough to succeed um the the pick and roll again it's if he can stop quick enough and get something up before a contest can come to him uh, and close out i think he can be okay whether or not he can do that you know consistently enough at in the nba is is hard to say um i think he does have really strong deceleration ability as do all these guys, um, because I think a lot of them are just small enough to do so, and it, it does, uh, you know, have some effect on that. But um, I think, yeah, so much of his shot creation is he's afraid to to get anywhere near contact and contest, and because of that, he's, uh, you know, taking some pretty wild and ridiculous shots that I don't think he's a great enough shooter to really project either like i think that there's a lot of flashes of him making these shots uh but there's a lot of i don't have the stats in front of me like i should but there's a lot of these you know beyond that arc by multiple feet where uh he's not making them so um i don't love the shot creation and i think that uh, unfortunately the the limitations of size really affect this aspect of his game as well i really like the shot i mean career 87 percent free throw shooter 
Um, I think the touch looks good. He just has to, like, he has to have so much space because of the size. But, like, he can pull up and hit from, like, the bigger logos. He's not like Dane Dollar Range or anything, but he's, like, he can pull up and hit from anywhere. Um, he's got good touch on floaters. I think he's, like, shockingly good at attacking second side picking, like, sec- or just attacking closeouts uh and like attacking weaknesses in the defense but uh i mean it, it's just like you said he's like kind of afraid of, of contact because he gets smothered by these guys like flagler who we'll talk about later who's not like a great defender and uh it's just hard uh but i know this isn't on the outline but unless you guys have something else to talk about with like the shot or whatever um I did want to talk about the defense because um, I was a fan. I, I don't think he's like an NBA level defender at all, but Jerome Tang used him as like an off ball disruptor and he just flew around. He was an asshole. He bothered guys at the rim, a surprising amount. He was like stripping dudes. He was, you know, not blocking a ton of shots, but he was blocking shots. He was like, he was, he was such a bother. And it's like, traditionally you look at a guy like that and you're like shit you got isaiah thomas in we have to hide him in the corner and they still had that like uh almost that mindset where it's like you are never guarding the ball and they would switch a lot and like do work however they could to have anybody else guarding man against the ball but they would or they'd have him like on caleb loner who like couldn't attack him like in isolation and uh i mean he jumps passing lanes he he can help. He's just because of the size, he is kind of useless a lot of the time in traditional help settings. But because he's so quick, uh, springy, he can like be more of a playmaker than you expect a guy like that to really be. Uh, I I think it was like I'm with you that Tang used him well, but I'm not sure he's. It was very gimmicky, and he was still like, like I I don't think it translates to the league at all um oh it doesn't at all right like it's not an nba thing i just wanted to talk about it because i am a nerd for junk defense he does at least have like like a a really good nose for the ball like like and and he was given the latitude to just like go try and get steals and and like grab rebounds whenever um but yeah i as for like the shot creation like again i think the handle's good i don't think it's great like i i was actually like I, I think a lot of his ability to cover ground for like step backs and stuff is less the handle and more just like he has like this incredible feel for like bounding leaps where he's like taking like he's jumping like six feet backwards off one leg. Like, I don't know. I I I, I, I it's not a bad handle, obviously. He's five eight and you know, played high level D1 basketball on average like 18 points per game. Like, of course the handle's good. Um, but I don't think it's like I I, I specifically don't think it's like super it's tight but like i don't think he's great at adjusting to like that second line of defense and some of that is just like that contact aversion um but i i just i feel like there was some left to be desired by by the overall um handle craft that does kind of take me to where we have him i wouldn't i wouldn't draft um i wouldn't draft him i wouldn't give him a a two-way he falls in my tier 11 best of the rest guards um and he's not even at the top of that tier um he's the type of guy i think could have like a pretty solid overseas career i'm not even sure he's like 
Euroleague good, but he could probably be like ABA good or um, like one of the lower level teams in like Israel or, um, uh, you know, one of those types of leagues. Maybe I'd give him a summer league look just to see, um, but I wouldn't guarantee it. It would be a lot more like, oh, actually my team needs to guard the other three guys above him in my best of the rest guards are taken. I guess we'll give him a shot just to make sure that we have someone who can run some pick and roll and and let our wings play off of him. Uh, Coopstone, where are you guys at with Noel? So I think I'm a little bit higher, um, <laughs> despite saying that he's at the very bottom of my board um, at pick 63. He's the last player on my board. Uh, I would give him a summer league deal, and I think that he has potential to be like a pretty solid EuroLeague type guard, just not NBA material in my opinion. Um, I want to root for him. He's basically me. He's my size. Um, short Kings matter. Uh, he's my age. Um, there's a lot of similarities uh, in how we play, um, but he's just not NBA material as much as I want him to be. And as good as a player, I think he is. Like, I legitimately think, you know, I mean, he's playing, he's starting on a D1 team that got very far uh, in, in the tournament and, and had really big games. Like, he's a good basketball player to some degree. Um, I don't want to minimize that in any way, shape, or form. He's just not uh, an NBA guy. I have him in my maybe a guy tier. Um, I have him, <laughs> I have him right above Jaime Jaquez just to piss Stone off. Um, but I mean, I I do think Noel is really talented. Um, I I think he's got really good touch. I think he's like he's got legit skills. Um, it is like just a massive shame that he is as small as he is. I, I honestly, if like, depending on the team, if you had be like, if I were the Raptors, you know, you want to bring him in, see if he can be your third string point guard with like somebody who might actually play him a little bit because Nick nurse is gone. Why not? You know, just see if you can like get something out of a micro engine when you're, you know, uh, when you have such a massive, infrastructure of guys around him uh, i doubt it works and that's why he's this low but i think he is legitimately really talented and, and really good and, and i hope he gets a shot in the league even if i don't super buy him let's talk about mike miles jr uh from tcu this guy who i've been in on it for a long time he's a super young junior he's a august 24 2002 birthday so he'll turn 21 like right after the draft his rookie season will be his age 21 season um, this year at TCU, uh, on a really good TCU team, might I add, um, he dealt with some injuries at the beginning of February, but other than that, was pretty healthy, played in 26 games. Um, he started all three years, basically, for TCU as well, played a ton of minutes and, and been fairly efficient. Um, this year, he averaged 17.9 points per game on 49.7, 36.2, 74.9 shooting splits uh, through 2.7 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.3 blocks, 2.6 turnovers. Um, at a 60.4% true shooting, really good for a guard. He was kind of like a combo guard in that, like, sometimes he was on the ball, sometimes Damian Ball was on the ball and he was playing off. So, um, you can kind of keep that role in mind when talking about his efficiency. Uh, did have a 16.4% assist rate to a 14.9 turnover rate, so not great assist to turnover. Um, 2.1 steal rate is pretty solid, almost a 1% block rate is pretty solid for a guard his size, 26.4% usage. Um, 
He also uh, dunked four times, had a 53.8% free throw rate. Uh, that's what we're talking about, baby. Um, shot 68.3% on close twos, solid 40% on long twos. Only had a 6.9% three-point rate, so it wasn't like a complete bomber. Did take quite a few, though. Um, I think the place I want to start is with that. I mentioned those rim numbers. Really impressive stuff. I want to start with the rim finishing, his his rim pressure. Um, he is, of anyone we're going to talk about, easily the best guy at getting downhill, getting all the way to the rim. Now, some of that was Tennessee played in transition, and he benefited a lot from that, but he was also the engine of a lot of that. If your big is not back, he is going to get to the paint. That's just like if you're giving him a, a chance to run in transition and your big is behind him, you're fucked. He is going to beat he's going to beat someone and he is going to get to the rim to either finish or get fouled. Like I thought this really showed in the Baylor game where Flo Thamba and um Dubana, I can't remember their backup big's name. Um Anyways, like those guys were were in foul trouble and they were kind of hesitant to get back in transition and challenge him. And he just absolutely murdered. If there's one defender in front of him and he has a head of steam, he's going to hit an in and out. He's going to hit a quick cross and he's going to beat that guy and get to the rim. That is like one of these skills you could absolutely bet on with Mike Miles. He can absolutely do that at an NBA level, I think. Um, his his overall top speed, his ability to hit moves without losing speed, but still change directions is really, really impressive. Like he can hit a hard cross, change his directions and slow down maybe like a half step. And that's it. Like he's so fast in and out of moves when he has a head of steam, but it's not just transition. I also think that he's great at getting to the rim in the half court. TCU was an awful shooting team. They had very little spacing. They took some threes, but they were not good at shooting them. Lots of guys you could help off. Micah Peavy, uh, O'Bannon, um Emmanuel Miller like a lot of their team you could help even Damian Ball would get helped off sometimes Mike Miles Jr. still found a way to consistently get to the rim in pick and roll in isolation when attacking closeouts that he's just really athletic he's really fast he has a good first step and he explodes out of moves really well and also I, I tweeted about this Coop mentioned this uh I can't remember if he mentioned it on a pod or on a in our group chat so I want to credit him but I loved how he said it. he said I hate people talk about pace when they really just mean they're slow. And I think that's very true with a lot of guys, right? Like they play with good pace. It That's the only pace they can play at because they're slow. That's not true with Mike Miles. He can play with pace. He can slow himself down, get someone on his back and then explode again. He can hit a hard move, explode, slow down do a step back or fake a step back, hesitate out, explode again, get by the big finish. Like his pace his handle, his feel, his athleticism. It just makes him like, I, I put it in our outline, rim pressure king. He just gets to the rim all the time. Coop, how'd you kind of feel about his ability to get to the rim and convert? And you can also throw in like his playmaking out of that rim pressure into it as well. Just how'd you feel about it overall? Yeah, I mean, he is the perfect like combination of athleticism and craft as like a rim finisher. Right. He's uh he takes contacts contact really well as a driver. He has so much force and he is so fast as a driver and as a finisher. And then the touch is still good, right? Like that 68.3%. Uh, you know, a lot of that is buoyed by transition, but he's also doing that in the half court. Uh he uses his body and the rim to shield himself from getting blocked by defenders. Uh he has a variety of funky gathers. 
as a driver. He just does so much really, really well as a driver. He has so many, uh, so many micro skills and so many things that he he just does so well. Uh, you know, almost despite like you know a, a six one, six two frame or whatever. And it's not like he's a like a bad playmaker out of these either. I I wouldn't say he's like super crazy. He's like more of a jump passer, but he can make a really nice like one hand push pass with his right hand specifically. Uh, he, you know, can make nice kickouts to shooters, even though they're not really there. They're not really shooters. Uh, you know, he can hit Lampkin. He can throw him the ball down in the post. Uh, he, he leads guys well. He can throw lob passes really well because that was something that TCU, like they cut so much. Their entire offensive identity is offensive rebound, cut, get to the rim, clank threes, grab offensive rebounds and throw it to Lampkin and see what he can do. Like so much of it is just centered on being at the rim. And that doesn't work without Mike Miles. And I think that that really showed in uh, in Big 12 play where he goes out for six games or five five games and they go four and one. They lose to OK State. They lose to Kansas State. They lose to Baylor. They lose to Iowa State in convincing fashion because their offense just does not work without Mike Miles. Uh, he's just so good at that. And, and I think Bryce worded it perfectly. Like, you know, he is a beneficiary of their up-tempo like offense, but he is also a main engine of that up-tempo offense. And, uh, you know, he's just such a quick decision maker. He can hit tight windows. There's so much he does with that driving game. He's not just a driver or who like just flings his body around recklessly. There's so much there. Uh, and I, I, I really buy him as a, as a rim pressure guy at the next level. Yeah. And I think the big thing too is, I mean, his improved finishing, like it's one thing to be able to get to the rim and put that pressure on defenses, keeping them on their heels and and whatnot, but it's another to actually convert that and make it matter. Right. Like you have to be able to not only get there, but finish. I mean, there's, there's two aspects to it. And I think um, he improved by like 12% finishing at the rim this year. <clears throat> greatly improved finisher, excuse me. Um, greatly improved finisher who I think, um, has figured out a, a, a bit how to finish through contact and around contact. Um, I thought the touch w- looked um pretty solid comparatively to previous seasons when I've watched him. Um, he just improved, I think, and part of it was because he's really young for his class. Uh. I, the acceleration deceleration it's top notch top of the class really um i think that he uh probably has the best acceleration of anybody we've talked about thus far um outside of <clears throat> maybe someone like scoot and in uh Amen, but just in terms of um how quick and he can start and stop it's it's pretty uh rare to see someone at that elite of a level that mike miles has it um and that's where most of his game is predicated upon, right? Like just keeping his defenders guessing which way he's going to go next. Uh, he changes pace really well. He also changes direction really well. I think, I think he leverages that, um, that change of pace to where, uh, you think I'm going to go one way, uh, and you think I'm going to go really quick. I'm actually going to step back and go the opposite way. Um, I think he's really good at just being able to utilize, that tool that he has so well as a finisher and as someone that can 
use it in a multitude of ways, like a step back guy and a guy who can move one way or the other, just keeping guys guessing. Um, and I think that it allows him to do so much um, as a shooter. Like I think it gets him open because guys think he's going to explode to the rim and then all of a sudden he's taking a step back and, and can shoot. Uh, and I think improved as a shooter this year as well. So um, I, I, I really like not only the tool, but how he uses that tool. Um, and that's always been like a huge part of my, my philosophy of viewing guys. Yeah, I, I buy the shot. I think I think he can really shoot. I think he showed a lot of off-ball shooting upside this season. Um, he took a lot of spot-ups and shot pretty well on them, and, and his off-ball movement is good. I, I think he can really just like – and he can also – you know, he's a good pull-up shooter. I think his touch is good. He, he, he was forced to take a lot of tough shots because he was kind of the only shooter on this team and the only – you know, and the spacing was so bad that even like if he create a really clean advantage, like lots of times there were two other guys standing in the paint, he couldn't be he couldn't get all the way to the rim, so he had to take a pull up. But I think it mostly looked good. I think his, um, I think his like footwork on pull ups is really good. Um, he's just, and you mentioned Stone, like his his ability to adapt, his 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 ability to react to what the defense is giving him and, and, and throw different things at them. And I really love that in his game. And that's something I've mentioned that I like when I really like guards, like that's the thing that really stands out to me is that they're very reactive, very free flowing and experimental. And miles can do that while also being like just a top tier athlete. And I think that really pops for me. So um, Coop, I'll throw this to you. Do you kind of want to talk us through, just his overall, like like either the rest of his scoring game, and then kind of transition us into his playmaking as well. Yeah, so he's uh he's got the grift, right? Uh, like he he is the king of. They run this play a, a few times in the clips I watch, where they have him pass out to the wing, and then he'll go and he'll do a little curl to get to like the the mid range, and they'll throw him the ball, and it'll look like he's about to post up. Then he turns into a face up and he will either drive, he'll beat his guy or he'll like rip through or he'll draw contact and he'll get a little foul. Um, he's just like, you cannot like guard him super tight and you can't like, he's, he's not unguardable, obviously, you know, because he's, he's not like, Oh, this guy's a top 10 pick, but he is like really hard and tough to guard and you are going to get annoyed. He is going to be a pain in the ass. He can hit shots from the mid range. He likes to hit little like fade shots, little self-created midi faders. Uh, I think he's a great spot-up shooter. He can relocate off the ball really well. Uh, just really smart in that regard. Uh, I think he leverages the shot really well to get into the paint. Like he can draw closeouts. He's that good of a shooter. And then he can beat you and he reads defenses really well. He can get into the mid-range and, and make that play or he will barrel his body into the paint to try and at least get an attempt up there because I like even getting an attempt at the rim is better for, for TCU's offense because they can offensive rebound it and uh, you know, put it back in. He's just really smart and, and he makes the right read out of a lot of these plays. He's really like an elite playmaker in transition. Uh, like Bryce was talking about, he will like attack if the big's not there, but then he also pushes the ball makes the right read to, you know, whoever's streaking in transition, whatever wing is beating their defender back. Um, 
he can throw lob passes to to those wings. His his change of pace is is great. He can throw a pass with mostly his right hand. I do worry about like the jump passing being like like he does rely on that a lot. But a lot of that's when he's getting doubled and trapped by guys who are bigger than him, and he can still get the pass off by gathering himself, not getting too bothered. Uh, you're never going to bother Mike Miles. He is going to bother you. Yeah, I I, I don't really have much to add. Honestly, I don't want to you know, beat a dead horse and, and say the same exact things. Uh, the only thing I'll probably add um, to both, uh, I mean, just the offense in general is that um, I think he, I'm obviously in transition. He's a blur, just insanely quick. Um, not only is the acceleration fast, but the top speed's ridiculous. Um, and I think that also plays a part in the half court. Um, and much like Sasser, I think, I think Mike Miles is a better playmaker than Sasser in general, but I think much like Sasser, they use their speed ripping off the catch just to draw help immediately and can pass out of that. Uh, I think a lot of times it's just they're faster off the catch than the defenders are at keeping up with them. Uh, so when they draw the help, they, they leverage that and take advantage, uh, as passers. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, just to wrap the offense for me in general, I think that shooting is good because the gathering has really improved over the last two years too. Um, I thought he has all really improved his footwork on the perimeter as a player who can uh, off the catch uh, set himself very quickly. So I think there's parallels with Sasser in terms of like what they do as off ball guys. Um, and, uh, but I think Mike Miles is just a, a better playmaker and, and and more rim pressure yeah I, i'll just say like i thought he was a surprisingly ambidextrous passer he's very right-handed as a finisher but he throws left-hand wide drill passes pretty consistently um i just think he's like a really good offensive prospect he can play on and off the ball he can run pick and roll his pick and roll craft is pretty good um he managed to beat hard hedges a lot he did play a ton against drop sadly that's the truth with a lot of um college guards but when he did like i i trust that the change of pace the mid-range scoring the playmaking vision is going to be there he's not like an elite passer like he doesn't see like like he doesn't create like these crazy looks but because of his rim pressure and decision making like that combines to make him pretty solid he can't occasionally get sped up and kind of just like lose the ball and, and run into guys and, and stupid stuff like that but again like he's fairly young but he's still pretty polished Let's talk quickly about the defense. This doesn't go quick. Guard defense, you know, is, is kind of give or take. I just thought his on-ball defense was really good. Um, I think he gets over screens really well. He's super strong. Actually, that's the thing I want to mention with his offense really fast, too, is his functional strength is really impressive. I, I tweeted a clip of this where, like, Adam Flagler, like, reached way in. It wasn't called. Hit him clearly on the left arm, but he kept his left-hand dribble alive because he's just so strong that he can absorb that contact and keep moving. And that type of stuff is really valuable in ways like you don't always think because it's sometimes easy to see basketballs like, oh, it's super spaced out and you're not always getting shoved up against guys. But when you look at the the guards who have succeeded in recent years as kind of these role players, they're usually bigger and thicker. Guys like Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, you know, Gabe Vincent, they're strong. They can really handle contact and push guys out of the way and 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 fight their way to the lane like Marco Fultz is another example of like having functional strength is really important and I think he absolutely has that and he shows that off defensively at the point of attack can shove guys out of the way I'm not sure what the wingspan is it doesn't look super long um I don't think he's like a great 
like switch guy. He has to play probably in a drop defense. But in a drop defense, I think he can be really, really good against other guards, uh, ones or twos. And then he's also a solid nail defender. He has good length, good good timing on steals. Coopstone, you guys have anything on the defense before we wrap him up? I actually really like the off-ball defense. Um, I thought uh, because of how quick he is um, from accelerating at a standstill position, uh, if he sees like a guy that um, he needs to go over as a help defender, he'll be able to accelerate and get there super quickly. Uh, and he's so quick that he can shift momentum in his body weight and get back really quickly to recover. Um, I think that allows him to go uh, be, a, be a guy who can stay with his man, but also be really effective as a help guy and, and position himself in the right way. If he he's strong, um, he's not as tiny as some of the guys we've talked about, but he's still, um, you know, not going to be like a, a crazy, um, help side rim protector or anything like maybe Craig Porter Jr. could be, but, um, that's not really him. I just think he's really good at positioning himself, uh, because of how quick he can get to different spots on the court. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about where we have him. Mike Miles is another guy from this pod who I'm going to have in my first round. Um, I, I, I think like I have him like above Keontae George. I have him in my late first, but he's bordering on that kind of mid first area. I I just think like he's another guy who's a bet to be a starter, but I think no matter what is going to provide really good backup value for the right team. I just think he's a shot maker who's a good decision maker who can get to the rim all the time. Those guys matter. Those guys are really, and I think he's just sort of a forgotten guy. Like, I don't, I don't know why he hasn't got hyped this year. It feels really weird to me, but he's only going to be 21. Like, he's not old. He's super athletic. Maybe it's just like he only technically had four dunks, so it doesn't pop the same way, but he's super athletic. He gets to the rim constantly. Like, he is the type of guy who could potentially be a starter. He, he, he has the profile of someone who could really surprise and be like an all-star guard if things really click. Am I predicting that? Not necessarily, but... The upside is there, and I also think the floor of someone who can just run a lot of pick and roll efficiently is very high. So I'm all in on Mike Miles. I'd, I'd have him in my first round. Um, I just think he, he's he, he matters. Coop, where are you at? Yeah, I have him uh, in my first as well. I have him at 23, uh, just above Turk Smith. Um, I I think he he just kills, right? He's just like really good at basketball. Uh, he gets to the rim. He can really shoot. Uh, you know, he's really like just an like he's got the grit. He's got everything I like in a small guard. Uh, I mean, I am the same person who had Deuce McBride lottery a few years ago, and I I'm no longer that level of deranged. But I I think Mike Miles is is tough. He gets to the rim. He does valuable stuff that NBA teams need, uh, and it's it's really easy to see him succeeding at the next level. Um, you're absolutely wrong about Deuce not being a lotto prospect. Like I very much still oh, think he's. I, I still, I still, I still buy him there. But I, I, you know, that was that was a crazy pick. It was, a, you know, craziness you, at the time. But no, it's it's very like like he should have been top ten. Anyways, um, I think uh, Mike Miles. I have him thirty eight on my board right now. Um, I'm not there with you guys at that sort of upside. Uh. I think he's a really solid backup bet. Um, I think he could be maybe a low-end starter, like a Trey Jones-type level of impact guy 
not saying he's Trey Jones, but just that level of impact of a player, um, which is really solid. I think um, being able to, uh, you know, functionally um, direct your team and, and be that sort of guy that can get to the rim, like Bryce said, and maybe collapse defenses um, is important. I don't think I buy the shot quite as much. Um, and I don't know if I really buy defense being, you know, great. I think it's really good, but um, so yeah, I would, I would take him um, in my high to mid second area. So that's, that's right. Evan stone just hate, I would say stone just hates small guards, but then he also has Trippavion Smith super high. So um, I prefer like someone like Mike miles comfortably to turn. let's talk about Adam Flagler. And these last two guys are probably gonna go pretty quick. I just don't have a ton to say about them. Adam Flagler is auto eligible this year. He played um, at Presbyterian and then played three years at Baylor. Um, he was obviously on that national championship team as like the sixth man. And then last year stepped into a bigger role and this year stepped into an even bigger role. Uh, he started 32 and 32 games has started 63 of Baylor's last 63 games for whatever that's worth. Um, this year he averaged 15.6 points per game on 42.6, 40, 79% shooting. Uh, also grabbed 2.4 rebounds, uh, 4.6 assist. 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.7 turnovers. Um, he had a 27.8% assist rate to a 10.9% turnover rate, 2.1 steal rate, 0.2 block rate, 56% true shooting on 23.4 usage. He didn't dunk at all. Shot, you know, 57.4% on close twos is not at all a bad percentage. He only took 54 close twos. That's a, like incredibly low number especially for a high major guard like even though Baylor's spacing wasn't great like he was playing next to at least one other really good shooter um and and that does sort of matter to me but he did shoot 40.7 percent on 140 long twos like I said 77 uh, 79% at the line had a 10.9 uh three-point rate while shooting 40 percent he shot 200 threes this year um and last year he shot a similar number of threes and shot 38.7% the year before that on, on less volume because he was coming off the bench, but still solid volume, shot 43.4%. He can absolutely shoot. Career 39.6% three-point shooter, career 80.8% free throw shooter, high volume of pull-ups. So let's start with the shot creation because that's the sell. I would definitely call Flagler a combo guard in a lot of ways. Uh, the way he gets his shots is almost entirely with pull-ups. Um, he has range. He has a uh, really good cadence. I love his um, ability to one, two going either way. I'm not sure he's like a great space creator. Um, he tends to just be willing to rise up and shoot over bigger guys and he can hit those shots. Like he has super high arc. He has a pretty solid release. That's really quick. Um, he can absolutely be a, a, kind of spark plug shooter at least off the bounce i'm not sure i buy much else with the shot creation coop where, where are you at with Flagler as a as a shot creator off the bounce and I, I he's legit i mean he can shoot on or off the ball um i just <laughs> like is that enough as a basically a single nba skill uh I, I mean there's some interesting passing but he doesn't like leverage the thread of the shot to get downhill uh, like you said, he doesn't really get to the rim a ton. The, uh, you know, the mid-range stuff, he took a solid amount in there, but he's 
I, I like I'd rather him just bomb from three and work exclusively as like a three point bomber, which gets rid of a lot of the playmaking crap. Uh, because he, you know, it, we'll talk about that here in a second, but, but he's, he, I buy it for what it's worth. And I, I think it's good. I just don't think that there's anything else to really like make that super valuable or make that worth like an NBA swing because he, he's just kind of boring. He's kind of simple. He's kind of plain and that's what he does. And when it's not going, he's not playable like straight up. And it, when it is going, like there are nights when it's going, he's he's great. And he's, he's, he's scoring buckets. He looks incredible. The highlight film is awesome. But he's so reliant on that to bring value. Uh, and I, he's not to the level like where he's a God level shot creator, where that's like an NBA player's skill set. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, D'Lo didn't succeed in the playoffs this year. Uh, no, but I think um, Flagler has really good shot making as a shooter like the range is really deep i like that i think he's a lot more accurate as a deep range shooter than somebody like marquise noel that we talked about um i think that he's sort of one of these guys i view uh as primarily an off-ball guard but there's combo guard qualities we'll talk about i guess the playmaking a minute but the handle to me is pretty solid i think he can get to his mid-range spots that he likes. I don't think they're always the best shots. I think that the process of what pull-ups he's taking aren't always the the best shots to be had, whether for him or for teammates. Um, I think that he takes too many um, and he doesn't realize like periphery. He has a poor understanding peripherally of like where other defenders are on the court, whether they're coming from behind him or from the right or left. I feel like if they're not right in front of him, uh, he doesn't really just take that into consideration and they do alter his shots. Uh, if someone's coming from the left or right uh, and, and gets a hand near his face, it can alter that pull up for him. And I think he's just bad at recognizing it. Um, I think that the finishing is not that great. Uh, I don't think that he, he's never shot, I believe over like 54%. Um, and at least the last couple of years at Baylor where he's getting, you know, a, a large meaningful enough amount of volume, um, I think that he struggles with contact a bit. Um, the touch is okay. It's not awful. It's not great. Um, but I think his calling card really as a shot maker is is the pull-ups. But th- again, there's room to improve. But he, at that age, I'm not confident it does. Uh, and I think that there's um, a lot more equity to be had with him as an off-ball shooter. Uh, and, and someone that can just be on the wing and, and get you three-point shots when you need it. I will say that I wish he was more of like a bomber off the catch. There are multiple times where he catches and he's fairly open, and he's like, wait, I'm going to actually take a dribble first, or I'm going to set up a pick and roll. Like, If he really wants to stick in the league, I think he's got to get that like Seth Curry mentality of like every time I catch the ball, it's fucking going up. Um but I just I don't really buy anything else about his game. I think he's a really poor athlete. Um, he's not very quick or or, or um, you know explosive. He doesn't really. Every time he switched on to a big, he's gonna take a three. Like and and it was really annoying watching that TCU game. Like he has Eddie Lampkin out on an island, and he's like, I'm gonna take this pull up long too. Like just come on. Like 
you got to be able to blow by someone, I think, to make it in the league. And, and I just don't think he has that. Um, it's just not – and he's not a particularly bad finisher. He's good at, like, using the rim when he does get there as, like, you know, uh, finishing on the other side of the rim and kind of using it to block off shot blockers. But I'm just, like, not convinced that he's someone who can really excel uh, in the league at doing anything other than just bombing, like, high pick-and-roll threes. And I'm not sure – what use that is we can talk about the playmaking briefly again i'm just not moved he's a solid passer like above the break just kind of making reads he's a good decision maker who doesn't turn the ball over much and then obviously like you see like a 27.8 percent assist rate and like i saw that and i'm like oh like there has to be something more there but i really do feel like it's just like baylor's solid spacing and and, and they hit shots well and 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 everyone can kind of finish and I don't think it was anything like he's particularly creating advantages. He is a pretty quick ball mover. He sees guys like, like off the ball. Well, and, and he kind of do that. Like if he could just get like a little bit of advantage, he really loves those like over his head hook passes and he can throw those as skips. He can throw those to the roller, whatever it is. But like, I, I just, there was nothing about his game outside of just the pull up and step back shooting that I think really translates well. Coop Star, are you guys kind of with me with that? Or is there anything else you want to hit on that you think has some real upside? Um, so I do think he's shifty, not to the degree of what uh, obviously Mike Miles is. He's not that level of athlete, but and he doesn't have that level of acceleration. But I do think he's good at somewhat to a lesser degree keeping guys on his on their toes where he is um doing a lot of start stop type things and i think with his handle his handle isn't great in terms of like creating but it's he has like not um he has somewhat of a bag and i think can um dribble close to the ground and and keep it alive in a lot of areas and i think with that start stop ability uh he leverages it well to um make really cool passes out of his dribble. Like I think he's one of the better guys that we've talked about that can um pat like live dribble pass out of his dribble moves. Um not necessarily live dribble like, you know, he's headed to the rim and making a skip pass towards the corner. Uh it's more that he's on the perimeter, has his guy on an island. Um and when the guy takes like one foot placement misstep, um I think he can exploit that out of a dribble move. Um, and I thought that is the more combo-y guard aspect of his game. Um, but overall, I don't think he's like a huge playmaker. Uh, I don't trust him to really run like a ton of pick and roll. Um, I don't think he's super creative in delivery or anything. Uh, I think the touch and the accuracy is fine, but it's not very complex in terms of the reads that he's making. Yeah, he's he's fine. There's like cool moments uh, like uh, he can actually execute a Nash dribble and like make a, a like a kick out play from it. He's not just like, oh, I dribbled under the basket and there's nothing there. So I'm just going to slowly dribble my way out. Um, he does like actually read the floor consistently and keep his dribble alive. Um, he just all of his best passes are high pick and roll merchant passes or getting into the middle of the floor, not looking to shoot not looking to get downhill and just looking to pass. Um, and I don't think that that's super sustainable at the next level. Yeah. So it just kind of takes us to where we have him, I suppose I, I'm with you guys in general. I don't really have a ton to add. Like 
he's someone who could find a spot in the pros as like a like I I as someone who's watched quite a few like European games at this point, like the LMB league like really likes to have guys who can just bomb off of like uh you know pull up shots from from out of pick and roll and, and off DHOs and stuff like and maybe he could stick like in the G League. I, I just the athleticism just feels deficient enough that I don't trust him to make it in the league. And I don't think the craft is good enough to cover that athleticism. The handle's fine, but it's not complex. And he doesn't create good advantages like ever. Um, so I, I'm just not really there with him as a as a guy making it at in the NBA level. I'd maybe give him a, a summer league invite. I have him in my uh best of the rest guards uh tier eleven, like at the top of that, like he's above Marquise Noel and like a Tyree Appleby, but not a ton above those guys. And it's just sort of like, if I need a guard to fill out my summer league roster, and then if he impresses me enough that I think he could be like a good G League guard to like help my other guys develop, I think there's some value there. But that's that's really all I see with him. I wouldn't give him a two A, and I wouldn't give him like a guaranteed summer league spot even. Coop, where are you at with with Flagler? Yeah, I have him in my uh my my last tier for the moment, right above Tosan Aboma. I do think that that like that uh off the dribble shooting is valuable. How valuable is it when you do basically nothing else at an NBA level and you're not super athletic and all that kind of stuff? Everything you said, I just don't think he's much of a guy, especially compared to you know some of the more talented, skilled guys we've talked about on this pod so far. Yeah, I have him uh, as a guy I would consider giving a 2A2 um, right at uh, 53 on my board. Um, I would, you know, maybe give him a 2A if the options run out very quickly of the guys I would prioritize. Um, but he wouldn't be like my uh, first pick of a of a 2A type guy. All right, let's move on to the last guy we're going to talk about. One of the more interesting, like, hard to um, describe games of anyone we're going to talk about, and that's Isaiah Wong. Wong is uh, January 28, 2001 birthday. He's 22. He'll turn 23 about halfway through his rookie season, so his rookie season will be his age 23 season technically. He's listed at 6'4", 185. I think both those might be over listings. Um, he's probably like, I, I again, I could check the combine stuff, but it doesn't matter a ton. Like, he's not really, like... He's not two guard size. He's point guard size in the league. That's the best way to put it. But he's had a really solid career in Miami. Um, for three straight years, he's averaged 15 or more points. He's been a part of two final four runs. Um, during his senior season, he averaged 16.2 points per game on 44.5, 38.4, 84.5 shooting splits. Um, also grabbed 4.3 rebounds. 3.2 assists, uh, 1.4 steals, and two turnovers. Just just for some career numbers, he's a career 34.7 three-point shooter, and that number's fluctuated quite a bit, and the volume has been fairly consistent, but the number is still fluctuated, and his role has been about the same, so I would say that jumper is somewhat inconsistent, but he is an 80.7% career free-throw shooter, so pretty solid, like, touch-type guy, you would say. 57.8% uh, true shooting this year um 17.3 percent assist rate to 12 basically 13 percent turnover rate 2.4 steal rate to 1.2 block rate those are both very solid numbers had a 24.3 usage he had he's the, more than anyone else he had uh 12 dunks on the year he shot 58.2 percent at the rim on 110 attempts so pretty solid finisher shot 41.4 on long twos and also had a a 7.5 three-point rate 
place I want to start is with, I put this as his handle and slashing because I think this is where Wong is at his best, but it's also where he's the most like weirdly sold. I think he gets talked about a lot as like an elite handler. And I don't think that's what he is. What he does have is absurdly elite body control and contortion ability. I actually think the handle in tight spaces leaves a lot to be desired. Um, he will kind of get loose with it. Um, he'll pick up his dribble in rough spots all the time. But what he's great at is mixing in these like kind of like scoot-esque pickups where he's like slashing towards the rim and he's picking up way early and then just contorting his body through tight spaces once he's killed his dribble and still manufacturing finishing angles, whether they be reverses or like weird touch shots or, you know, up off one, off two, however you want to say it. He's also pretty good at playing once he's killed a dribble. Like he will like pivot and, and use the triple threat, even without the, the, the idea of a dribble, use that kind of form and, and, and find a shot somewhere. Is that great offense? No, but he's a really funky slasher. Coop, how would you feel about his like handle and, and slashing ability? I mean, I agree with you. He's got a lot of craft, especially as like a finisher. And once he like gets to the rim, uh, I, th- I think that the number feels kind of low for like the quality of attempts that he manufactures. Um, you know, he is like at his best attacking a tilted defense when the handle doesn't have to be super complex and he can just head downhill as fast as possible play with a little funky put pickup, play with the footwork, um, you know, when he doesn't have to actually dribble the ball. Because like you said, I, I don't think that the handle is like super complex, super great at getting him where he wants to go. Uh, but when he has like a clear path, a clear straight, this is what I'm going to do. I think he's really crafty. He's got some great finishing. I, I buy the touch. Um, I, I think he's going to like shoot it at a good enough rate to at least get some closeouts at the next level. And and he is the biggest of all the guys that we've talked about here. Right. So he, you can kind of imagine him, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of skinny. He's not as muscular as some of the other guys we've talked about, but um, you can see him getting respected more as like a small wing at the next level uh, than the rest of the guy. Yeah, I think, the the craziest thing is like his shin angles. Like I think he gets some absolutely wild shin angles attacking the rim uh, and on drives uh, where he's able to um, just get around guys quicker because he can get down so, so close to the floor with his legs. Um, I think that he is, he has issues as a finisher just because he's too small sometimes uh, he's too slight of frame, but also he's like pretty good at finishing around contact. Um, I think that he uh can he there's some times where he can like handle a bit and the handle's not great and he can do it for a while before he gets anywhere. It's just like he's dribbling, trying to find a hole that he can attack, uh, and it's not there. Um, so he ends up having to pass it. Um, but I think uh for the most part, if he's attacking off the catch or on straight line drives or anything, um, it's it's solid enough, uh, especially with the shin angles, to really be a factor. Uh, and I think the 
step back space that you can create is is pretty interesting too. Like I think it creates a lot of space with his legs, just in the ways that he moves them, more so than what he could do with his hands in in handling the ball. Yeah, I, I will say like I think it's it's manipulative and funky, and it's at its best in isolation, right? Like, or it, what he loves to do is when he runs pick and roll, like try and engage the big just enough that there has to be a switch and then he can cook the big in a switch. And I do like that. He's able to cook that big. Like he is, he's not like super explosive. I wouldn't say, but he is fast and his, and the handle is manipulative enough. And it's, it's like super loopy and he he's not super experimental with it, but he's also not like rigid. Um, he really loves these like fake step back, push dribbles, stuff like that. So I, I think there's definitely some stuff there um i don't love it in pick and roll because again like i don't think he excels in tight spaces um and i think that he he really struggles to like make pick and roll reads and that kind of takes me to the to the playmaking a little bit we're kind of gonna jump around with wong but i don't think he has a great feel for where the big is where the help is and where the shooters are he's his his goal is to score and he'll throw passes out of that. And lots of times he was doubled or like the help was really obvious or against hard hedges. Like he's not a bad decision maker. He just doesn't have great vision or processing speed. Cooper, are you kind of with me there or, or did, did something else stand out about the playmaking? Yeah, he's not like a bad decision maker at all. Uh, I think he just makes the obvious reads and is mostly looking to score. And, you know, a lot of his best passes are when he's picked up his dribble and trapped and oh he sees something and, and he makes like a cool pass like that but it's not that he created the advantage right he is not creating advantages with his handle really uh he is trying to get down he's trying to create advantages to score and if somebody else like wuga or whoever or, or omir wants to cut or miller wants to get to the rim okay then you can and i'm doubled you can have the ball but he is trying to score and he's, he's going to just pick up his dribble a lot and, and get trapped and make cool passes like that. But I don't think that that's super sustainable as, as play as like plus playmaking at the next level. Yeah. Um, I, so I think um, what you said was, was pretty in line with my thoughts of um, he, he's not much of a on ball playmaker for others. He's making the most simplistic of reads a lot of the times when he's driving or anything like that, or is at the top of the key. Um, when he, you said like when he has the ball and he's stopped, he can make more of those reads. I think that's really predominant when he's off the ball and he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And then if he gets a pass, he's a really good connective passer and really quick. And, and once he has time, if he's like on the wing and watching things develop and then the pass gets to him, he immediately sees like, um, a really good spot that it's maybe not the most simplistic pass to make, but he saw ahead of time because he can process when he's not on the ball. I think that's the big thing that I, I ended up figuring or, or coming down on with Wong is that he's much better as a passer when he has time to see what's happening rather than reactive passing on the ball uh, or setting people up because um that's just not really who he is on the ball. He's just a scorer mostly. But when he's off the ball, I feel like the passing is really solid. I think that um, he sees a lot of things when he can he sit there and see them and, and watch them develop. And I think he's really good at um, taking advantage of that. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely like going to be at his best, like attacking out the catch in the league, kind of playing as like that 
secondary scorer, which whether or not he does that at a starting level is tough for me to say. Uh, let's talk about the shot a little bit, the shot making. He's definitely more of a shot maker than a shooter. Um, the mechanics on his jumper are really weird. He leans like way forward and his body sits at like this, like almost 45 degree angle as he leans forward to like sh- shoot it like at his face. It's really weird. It kind of reminds me of like, like Steph Curry at his most extreme pulling from like 40 feet. Like Isaiah Wong does that on every shot. Uh, just puts his whole, it feels like he's putting his whole body into it. The release is fairly quick, I would say, but he's not really hunting shots off the catch. He wants to take a couple dribbles and create space. He is a good, tough shot maker. Like he has just a, a knack for hitting shots over contest and creating enough space to get his jumper off. Again, like his numbers on long twos, you know, 41.4 or yeah, 41.4% on long twos is really good. Um, and that's on 162 attempts this year. Uh, it's a really solid, like, you know, place to build from. I just don't know if any of it translates to like starting. I, I like, as we talk about his offensive game, I just don't really see that, but also like, I don't think he's a particularly effective, like on ball scorer, even for bench units. So I, I feel like I'm then discussing like the secondary bench scorer, so I, I don't know. Coopstone, do you guys have any other thoughts on the offense? And if not, do you want to kind of move to the defense and let me know if you think that can maybe get him to start at level? Um, I think the offense, just really quickly, is um, the, the shooting, I don't mind off the catch. I think it's inconsistent in terms of accuracy, obviously, but I think he can be okay. Um, and I think he's just better with the ball in his hands as a scorer. Like, I think um, when he can... Uh, get to his spot in the mid range. He loves like doing that crazy, uh, extension to freeze his leg extension to freeze his player, and then get back for a mid range shot. Like I think he's just most comfortable, um, when he's in his own rhythm as a shooter, um, and, and instead of off the catch. Uh, but I agree with you that I don't really think that's his role in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he's gonna get that kind of usage. So I'm interested to see how it parlays to what he can do off ball. Um, and then I guess just jumping defensively real quick. Uh, I thought it was really bad. Um, I think he's oftentimes way too small um, when he's defending drives, especially like guys take him off the dribble. And even if he stays with them all the way to the rim, they just finish right through him. Um, he's just not strong enough to really make much of a difference. Um he could be okay on the perimeter, uh, for for spurts. Um, but I think uh, as soon as guys start taking him towards the rim, it's it's pretty much over for him. Um, and he's that's just I don't really see that as fixable. Like I don't think he he's already twenty, gonna be twenty three soon. Like he's near, you know, um, what he is, uh, body wise, and I think there's not a ton of room with his frame to add a lot of strength. Like I think he's a pretty just narrow framed kind of guy. Um, and it's going to be tough for him to really make a huge difference in that regard. Um, so I, I don't love a lot with his defense, despite being okay with footwork. I think he's all right off the ball. I think he like executes like the schemes that Laranyago wants to run. Uh, he was really good at in the Indiana game, 
knowing like, oh, this guy has the ball, so I can attack like on the dig from this angle. And like every single time Jalen Hood Shafino touched the ball, he dug hard and would like strip him or bother him or force him to pick up the ball. Um, but then Trace Jackson Davis, he basically never dug on him and only ever like dug from behind where his like vision wasn't. Uh, and on the other bigs, he was really good at knowing when to dig, when not to dig. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's not great on the ball. He's not big enough to like actually really defend anybody. It, it's just a, a tough sell. Yeah. I, I think I, like he's just super gambly. I do like his ability to create some havoc and get some steals, which again, like I think that translates well to like a bench roll. Let's talk about where we come down with Wong. And for me, he's like in my top undrafted tier. So I'd, I'd really look to give him a a two uh, a summer league spot and potentially a two-way. I think like the disparate elements are there to make him really interesting. It just hasn't really combined into a player that is NBA caliber yet. But maybe he could be like this second side attacker who can create some havoc on defense, run some pick and roll you know, isn't a horrible passer and decision maker. I think there's like maybe some value in that. He's athletic. He he can, you know, again, his pickups are funky. His finishing is great. Like I'll bet on a guy like that who's 6'3", 6'4". Like I, I, I think that's worth a swing, but I wouldn't draft that guy. So that's kind of where I land with Wong. But I do prefer him comfortably to both Flagler and Noel for, for whatever that's worth. So I have Wong in the same tier as Noel, but uh, you know, above him, I have him below repair above Jalen Clark at 47. Um, he's fine. <laughs> you know, if you want to bet on, you know, a guard who can just get to the rim, then okay, bring him into summer league, see what you can do. Um, I like him a lot more than the other guys in that tier, but it's just a really tough sell to like buy him as an NBA player, like long-term. Um, you know, maybe it, it's in there somewhere. Like you said, the disparate elements are funky, but I, I don't think he screams NBA player to me. Yeah, I have him at 45, which again, like last night, it, it would have been like 55 prior to the, the withdrawal deadline. Um, but in uh, either case, he's, he's a uh, guy I would consider drafting at the very end of the draft with like the final you know five or six picks uh or someone i would just really prioritize um as a two-way player uh in, in undrafted free agency yeah absolutely so there's there's some takes on some college guards um this was a really wanna, real quick do we want to rank these guys like just go through i think it's kind of we can i find that like, this is a fun um so i i'm gonna say like so i have sasser in a tier ahead of mike miles I have Mike Miles in a tier ahead of Craig Porter. And then I have a two-tier break before we get to Isaiah Wong. And then after that, like, the tiers stop mattering. I have um, Flagler and Noel in the same tier. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I have Sasser ahead of Miles in the same tier. And then drop two tiers, and you get to Craig Porter Jr. Then you drop... One, two, three tiers to get to Wong and Noel, and then Flagler in that uh, in that bottom tier down there. Um. All right. So I have uh, I have Marcus Sasser um in a tier, uh, uh, drop a tier, and then one tier below that. So two tiers below Sasser, I have uh, Mike Miles, uh, 
Um, and then two more tiers below, I have Wong and the one directly one spot underneath Craig Porter Jr. Uh, and then uh, drop another tier and two tiers below that, I have Marquise Noel. There we go. That's uh that's a fun little uh fun little guards pod. Um, stay tuned for we're probably gonna have two more little scouting pods before Coops gets back. We're gonna do another international pod, and then we're gonna do a uh probably big shooters pod with some some interesting but you know not as fun funky names. We like to save the funk for Coop. Um, but this has been the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Check out the website for draft team breakdowns for individual scouting reports for our updated big boards um yeah for coop at ali underscore underscore coop for stone out report underscore court i'm at bryce Hendrick 14 feel free to give us a like or any review all that fun stuff again check out the website let us know what you think there this has been the upset swings it be a co- uh, draft podcast we hope we are ceiling thank you We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.